all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Real talk, real talk. This is a continuation of piggybacking on my last podcast. Is it okay or when is it time to leave the hood? The hood. I'm specifically talking about the hood. Now, the reason I'm talking about this is because I was listening to this uh, this young man on YouTube speaking about that and everything. He was talking, you know, a certain abonics and a slang and a lingo, you know, uh, the type of thing that I could understand because I grew up in that, with that type of language and that type of vernacular. And uh, he was using, you know, a lot of cuss words and stuff like that, which I don't like. But, you know, that's the way they roll and that's the way they flow. So I don't knock them for that. It's just, you know, if you're making sense, then I can deal with it, you know, and I would just try to bring it on board on my podcast in a more clear, understandable way, the best I understood it. Well, anyway, he was talking about the the hood. You know, and, it, and I think it has something to do with why people think they get, why uh, we as black men, or black people, I can just put it that way, you know, I'm adding my own to this, to, like I do. Why do we feel we need to stay in the hood? Why do we feel that we owe the hood something? Like we can't do no better. A lot of us feel that way. And then I left out. Uh, I never felt I never felt that way. I, I often had a passion and desire to, to to move on from the hood lifestyle. I done my hood thing. Part of it, I enjoyed it, I believe, because I was mostly high and drunk all the time. But part it was a false joy. But part of it just said I enjoyed it. I done my hood thing. I tried it. I've been there. I done that. But I graduated. I graduated. So let me use that term. When is the time that you feel you need to just get out of there? Now you have to make it uh, before you graduate. You had to get you have to you have to start somewhere. You have to uh, you have to make uh, a ladder. You have to find a purpose. You have to find a passion. You have to take tests just like school and stuff like that. You have to you have to do the things that it's going to take to do to get out of your hood, to get out of that situation. So it's going to start with you. It must start with you. Because no matter, you can get some good prep talk from mom and dad or even older guys that been there, done that, but it's still going to take you to make that decision and try to make that ladder and try to move on out. It's still going to take you and me to do that. My situation I heard talks and stuff like that that I can remember, but my situation, I guess I looked at different things. I heard different things. I remember I went to this uh, this training downtown Chicago that taught me how to prepare for a job interview. I remember that very clearly. Taught me how to uh, prepare for a job interview. See? And 
I went there. I participated and I, I participated very well. And I and, and the thing about it, I, I never won an award. I never stayed in school to win anything. I never was in, in any sports at school. Now, I played sports outside of school, but I never was in any. I participated in any sports in school because my grades wasn't well. I barely was in school, if you know my story. So I never had an award. I never won an award in anything like that. I participated in this job development program, went to a few real interviews. They taught me how to dress, you know, how to uh, how to present myself, how to talk. They taught me about posture, how to sit up and stuff like that. It was a job training program. I believe that was the name of it. I, it was kind of a mixture of, of blacks and Puerto Ricans and stuff like that in Mexico. I believe it was just Puerto Ricans in downtown Chicago. Well, anyway, I don't know. Uh, but anyway, I enjoyed it. And, you know, I felt good, better myself, learning how to talk, learning how to posture, learning how to uh, ask and, you know, answer certain questions and different things like that. How to fill out an application and stuff like that. How to dress for an interview. I would never in my life forget that training that even carries along with me today. It, and I was I was very young. I was in my teens. I believe. Well, was I in my teens? I don't know. I don't remember. Maybe my early twenties. I don't. I'm not sure. I, you know. But anyway, I, I, I got a lot of that. I, I took a lot of that with me, with me. And that's why I often, I believe, why I always worked. I, I might not, might have not had the best jobs, but I, I always had employment, and I mean that, from a young age, even from my first jo- summer job, I always seek employment. Before the summer job, I used to cut grass and do different things in yard work. I always wanted to have my own. That's even before I got deep into the hood. But my point is, I got out of it. I got out of it, you know, out of the hood. Nobody held me back. Now, some people might have someone held on the back, you know, mentally or physically or whatever. But I had no one holding me back. Majority of the people around me encouraged me. I I don't remember one time somebody said, man, you need to stay, man. Man, ain't nothing out there. They encouraged me. As a matter of fact, I, I believe I probably motivated a few of them, even some of my close friends. They encouraged me. I went to job corps, then I encouraged my 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 play brother, Daryl, that's also passed away, bless his heart. He went to job corps, so it was a motivation and everything. So uh anyway, I took that a long way in job interviews. I have confidence in job interviews. I never, after that, I never feared a job interview. Like some people feared, I never feared job interviews. I had confidence in a job interview just from that training. I had confidence. Uh, a, a not well educated person like me had that much confidence in job interviews and different things like that. I, that, that was just me, you know? Well, anyway. I, I, I graduated out of the hood. I graduated out of the hood. See? So when, that was, when was when is the best time that you should say, I need to live, get out of the hood? Only you can really answer that. I can't. See, that's just a question of accent. Only that person, that man and woman can answer that. Now, what I 
I feel that a lot of people is having problems with young men, and especially today, young black men and black women. And see what's up now? It's some older people, too, that still live in the hood. They feel guilty and like they obligated. Like, oh, not, what's the word to say that? Like they owe the hood something. It's wrong to live the hood. And some of them got good jobs. They got decent jobs, make good money. And can afford a decent house somewhere else, but they feel obligated to stay in the hood. I'm not talking about somebody who has a family home or something like that that's been inherited to them. They just say you have some people that don't want to leave the hood, maybe because of the low cost of the living and stuff like that, because mostly hoods is cost of living is lower. Why? Because nobody wants to live there because of the high crime and, and stuff like that, the high crime and burglary and stuff like that, and the homicides. So that makes the neighborhood very affordable. Because nobody want to live there. So it's, it, you know, anywhere that's a, it's high crime and, uh, and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, and uh, stuff like that, you, the, the housing is usually low. Usually low, you know, anywhere. I live in Chicago. The housing is usually, you know, well, anyway. It it's always a it's always a, it's always a door open for you to leave the neighborhood. You you do not owe your neighborhood nothing that you have to stay. You don't owe your homies nothing. You must better yourself. It's okay to want to change the way you talk, the way you walk, because that's not you anyway. Let me say it again. It's not you anyway. You didn't come out your mother's room walking and talking like that. You might have heard it nine times a ten. You heard it within your family. You heard it through your schooling. You 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 heard it through your environment. You did not come out that way. You you could have been born in another neighborhood that didn't have all the crime and stuff like that, and had the best education, and come out totally different. Unless you got into another environment, I, it just happens and everything. My point is, don't accept that that's just the way you are. Because it's not. When you live in the neighborhood or which we call the hood and we walk alike and we talk alike and we wear our hair alike and we sag our pants alike, you know, or even in our days we wore, we wore baggies and Stacey Adams and stuff like that. That was not me. I was mimicking my neighborhood. I was mimicking the culture I was around. That was not me. My mom and dad did not bring me up. My granddad, my grandpapa did not bring me up that way. I'm, I just mimic the culture. See? So I never accepted that that was me. I accepted that that's the culture and I'm going to go with the culture. I never accepted or even thought in my heart that that was really me. I know I can talk better. I got trained that way through that training. That training helped me a lot. Because why? I had a desire to change, to get out of the hood. Now, the reason I got out of the hood, it was a whole new different thing. See, that's another story why I got out. But I often had that desire to get out out of the hood and even with all that training and stuff like that 
I wind up getting deeper in, in the hood, deeper in drinking, deeper in getting high. And an incident, a tragic incident is the reason I wind up getting out of Chicago. Not because I just, you know, went out and just left. It was a tragic incident that happened that I got out of Chicago that they had to get me out of Chicago. A murder happened. Not I murdered somebody, but something like that happened. I'm not going to talk about that now because I don't want to put nobody on the spot. But a murder happened and I had to get out of town. Okay, that's the reason that that point right there led me out of Chicago. And ever since then, that's my uh, my change was getting a little better. I, I didn't have a desire for the hood no more after that. Okay. What about you? Do you have a story of getting out of the hood or are you still in a certain hood or environment you feel obligated to stay? And if you want to stay, that's your reason. But if you don't want to stay, then why are you staying when you can afford to get out? That's if you can afford to get out of it. Okay, I just want to talk about that. Now, the next subject I'm going to talk about <clears throat> is several. I'm going to talk about religious people, spiritual people. And I'm going to give you a little taste in my next quick topic. I want to get into spiritual people. See, these things I listen to and I hear through the week and I present it on my show and I give you a little uh, uh a topic about it, of what, what I heard or what I heard somebody talk about or what I've seen and what I've been thinking about or what, what's been on my heart. And all of it is not bad. It's just life. And hopefully what I talk about can help you and make you think. Because that's what it's all about, make you think. Make you think. Because a lot of things I try to talk about is relevant to a lot of cultures and a lot of people what I'm talking about. So that's what I try to do on Real Talk. That's why I call it Real Talk. I try to talk about topics that all uh, people, colors, creeds, races, and groups can relate to. Ethnicity can relate to. I try my best to do that. That's why I call it Real Talk. I know more about my black race than other other races about me being a black American. That's why I talk about real talk. That's why I call myself a black American, not an African American. I have no African enemy. I am a black man. I am a black American. Some people might say that ethnic group might not accept that that's on them. They have a problem with that. I don't. That's why, because what I have been through and my type of thinking, I think a lot. And I, I try to be real and stuff like that and not fake. That's why I can talk about a lot of things. So I'm going to get into this, uh, this spiritual religious thing that goes on with Christians and church goers. And it gets under my skin. I'm going to talk about that next on the next episode of Body of Christ Real Talk. This is Joseph Brownlee. I will talk to you then. Love you. God bless you. Peace out. We 
all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday.